Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, and pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and syndicated on missionsradio.org and liveleadplay.com. Please share, tag, and like our posts so that more and more people can get the vital information that we're offering. If you're looking for a speaker or leadership development trainer for your organization or event, please go to my website at integrativeminds.com to learn more about what I offer and contact me at info at integrativeminds with an s.com to schedule a meeting time. Our guest today is back. I invited him. We had such a great conversation on and off air. He was a former divorce attorney. 15% of his clients never divorce, and the ones who did were able to part as friends. The producers of Oprah were so moved by his work that they featured him on one of their shows. Media across the country calls him the love counselor, and his approach to life has been called the penicillin of psychology. His book, How to Heal a Painful Relationship, is about ending conflict, healing hurt, and restoring the love. It became a national bestseller. His newest book, Get Your Power Back, shows how to find and heal the inner issues that destroy love and sabotage our lives. He shows step-by-step how to resolve problem areas, heal relationship, and create a great life. He has trained therapists, led seminars, and works with people around the world. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you again to Bill Ferguson. Hi, Bill. Hi there. Great to be back. Great to have you back. And listeners, if you did not hear Bill's first interview in our show, it was the 90th show, which aired on August 8th. And we talked about how love is not enough to make a relationship work. So be sure to check that show number 90 out. And Bill, today we're going to talk about something just as important, two ways that we hurt our kids and set them up for suffering. And this is, you and I know this is incredibly important, these two things, because as parents, we tend to screw these things up all the time. Let's talk about it. Tell us how we create and destroy love. Okay. There's two things that as parents that we do to our kids that creates unbelievable damage and we don't and we don't notice it uh and one of them is how we discipline our kids but before we talk about how we discipline because you want to discipline in a way that builds responsibility and creates love but we normally discipline in a way that does the opposite so we're going to talk about that but but first i want to um talk a little bit about the nature of love love is never 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 enough to have a relationship work The key is to make sure somebody feels loved. If I interact with you in a way where you feel loved, our relationship will be great. And if I interact with you in a way where you feel unloved, our relationship will be a mess. So if I want my relationship with you to be great, it's up to me. I need to make sure you feel loved. What creates the experience of love is giving the gift of acceptance and appreciation. 
as I genuinely accept you just for who you are, just the way you are, you feel empowered. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just notice is that as I genuinely accept and appreciate you for who you are, you know, your walls of protection come down, you feel better about yourself. And then automatically, how do you feel towards me? More love. So you're building that trust. And with more trust comes love and it just compassion and it keeps growing. Yeah. So as I give acceptance and appreciation, it creates love and it comes right back. I wish more couples could do that, not just know that. Yes. Yes. Now, what destroys love is the opposite. It's being non-accepting. You need to change. You're messed up. What's your problem? What is the matter with you? Yep. It's, a, it's the finger pointing the other way. Yes. So as I become non-accepting, judgmental, critical towards you, it hurts. Yeah. Automatically, you put up your walls of protection. You feel not so good about yourself, not so good about life. And then automatically, how do you then feel towards me? The opposite of love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then automatically, as I become non-accepting, judgmental, critical towards you, you become non-accepting, judgmental, critical towards me. Then I get hurt. I get more upset. I become more critical of you. You become more against me. I become more against you. You become more against me. And we create that cycle of conflict, that cycle of hurting, attacking, and withdrawing from each other that brings out the worst in everybody. And you can have that cycle conflict with a spouse. You can have it with a child. You can have it with a coworker. You can have it with anybody. But wherever it shows up, that area of life is going to suffer. Absolutely. And we see it all the time. Yes. And what we don't realize is that, that relationships are not 50-50. They're 100-100. It's how I am towards you determines how you're going to respond to me. Every time I interact with you, I'm either going to create love or I'm going to destroy love. And whatever I give every single time is going to come my back. So the name of the game is create love. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Notice that some people are very difficult to accept. When some people have personality disorders. Yes. Yes. But acceptance is nothing more than being at peace with the truth. See, you're you. I can hate the way you are. I can love the way you are. But it doesn't change a thing because you're still you. Yeah. If I can let you be the you that you're going to be anyway and appreciate the you that you are, that creates love. So when it comes to kids, it's the same thing. When you can genuinely accept and appreciate your kids, then it creates that environment of love. And it creates that strong foundation from within. They get confidence. They feel better about themselves. They become much, much more able to deal with life when they're at peace with themselves. I agree. Okay. The thing that we do as parents that creates so much suffering is how we discipline our kids. See, we don't realize it, but there's two totally different ways to discipline. And punishing is not the way. And I think a lot of parents do that from corporal punishment to just even yelling and screaming. Yeah. And it's all just very, very destructive. So kids need to be disciplined. They need to know you don't play soccer on the freeway. Yeah. There's kids, there's things they need to learn. So kids need to be disciplined. It's how we discipline them makes an enormous difference. So what's important is to discipline our kids 
based on consequences rather than based on the withdrawal of love. Right, right. I mean, this is how society punishes us or disciplines us. Consequence. If you drive too fast on the freeway, the consequence is you'll get a ticket. Yeah. You know the rules. This is the rules. And if you break it, this is what happens. See, and that's a powerful way to discipline. The other way is to discipline by the withdrawal of love. What's the matter with you? Slap, slap, slap. Yep. See, when you discipline by the withdrawal of love, kids get hurt. They suppress this emotion. It becomes the, the, the issues that run their lives. Um, and also, it creates conflict. So when I'm disciplining you by the withdrawal of love, I'm saying loud and clear, you're not okay the way you are. Yeah, you're not good enough. You're not good enough and all that. You get hurt, you get upset, you put up your walls of protection, and then you give it right back. And when they're real little, kids can't give it back very well, but they reach a point where they're old enough, they can really give it back. You can have a cycle of conflict with a three-year-old. So the thing that's important is don't discipline by the withdrawal of love because that destroys love and it creates conflict. It forwards that cycle of conflict. What does withdrawing love look like? Like they're giving them the cold treatment. They're not talking to, they're not giving them hugs specifically. Is that what you're saying? It's any form of non-acceptance. So even saying what's wrong with you is that form of withdrawing love. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not accepting. It's communicating. You're not okay the way you are. You need to change and yes. I'm okay the way I am, but you need to change. Yes. Yes. Now when you discipline by consequences, an example is, okay, well you did what you did. Now you're grounded and, and I love you. Let's go have dinner. You see, the love stays in place, but you but there's consequences. When you discipline by consequences, kids learn responsibility. When you when you keep the love in place and you discipline by consequences, kids want to make you happy. They learn responsibility. When you discipline by the withdrawal of love, Instead of kids focusing on and learning responsibility, it's about how do I avoid getting caught? Yeah, then, then the lying starts coming in. They learn how to yeah. be really good liars. Yeah, and all sorts of nasty stuff happens. So one way to avoid that is to discipline your kids. Of course, discipline your kids, but discipline by consequences. These are the rules. You break the rules. These are the consequences. And I love you regardless. Keep the love in place, but have consequences. Very good advice. It allows parents to maintain the love in their relationship. And when you have the love in the relationship, they kids can hear what you have to say. You're more able to guide them. You're a thousand times more effective. So that's one way that we hurt our kids and let, set them yes. up for suffering is that we discipline by removing love. Yes. So let's talk about the second important, because this, I think, is probably the most important thing. Yes. Let's talk about what happens when we get upset. There's all sorts of emotions. It's a negative energy. This negative energy needs to be purged. If this negative energy does not get purged, it turns into suppressed emotion. And suppressed emotion is very, very destructive. The more suppressed emotion you got, the more you're going to be threatened by anything in life that triggers it. Anytime we get upset, why we get upset is that there's this suppressed emotion that's being triggered. 
all destructive behavior can be traced to suppressed emotion. So the more suppressed emotion you got, the more you're going to act destructively, which is going to create more hurt, which causes the suppressed emotion to grow and grow and grow. Cycle keeps growing. Cycle keeps growing. Also, there's a direct link between suppressed emotion and very, very serious physical problems. So the body knows this, that the body is designed to constantly release suppressed emotion and negative energy. It's the human design system. We're created with the ability to always be pure inside. And we're created with that ability to restore our peace within moments, no matter what our circumstances are. And the best way to see how that works is to look at little kids. Little kids are masters at releasing suppressed emotion. When they get hurt, they cry and they cry and they cry. And then when they get to cry and the hurt's all gone. Yeah. yeah. Literally, they're masters at releasing suppressed emotion. And the thing that they do that's so powerful that we don't notice is that they feel their hurt willingly. That's the key. They feel it willingly which allows it to come and go. Absolutely. The emotion comes up and it gets released and then they're back yeah, at peace again. Yeah, building, 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 building. And then they don't explode. It's just about that moment and that's it. Whereas a lot of adults end up it's really, gone. it's just an explosion of all the years of suppressed emotions. Exactly, exactly. And that's the natural healing process. We literally are created with the ability to constantly be pure inside and we're created with that ability to restore our peace fast, no matter what the circumstances are. But then along comes our culture. And we're living a world that dis- that teaches us to destroy the natural healing process. It's not strong to show emotion. Boys don't cry. Yeah. You want to cry about something? I'll give you something to cry about. Right. It's weak. It's a sign of weakness yes. when we show emotion. Yes. Especially in the workplace when you get older. Yes. And I think men are probably uh, more, I think it affects men the most because... Men are taught more that that more than women. Maybe that's why men have a lower uh, life expectancy. Well, it is. I'll bet you anything that it is. You know, because the more you can get that negative stuff out of you, your body works better, your immune systems work better, everything works better. It's like a blockage in a pipe. Yes, absolutely. So what happens is this hurt is... See, the body is constantly trying to release this hurt. So this hurt comes up to be purged. But what happens is that our culture teaches us, instead of feeling it willingly like a child and releasing it, we're taught to suppress it. And then when you suppress it, it turns into pain and it stays. And then it gets worse because not only are we taught don't feel your hurt, Now it's too scary to feel the hurt. Mm -hmm. And then our whole lives are about running from the hurt, which forces us to act in a way that creates more up. And then we teach our kids to keep showing the cycle. Exactly. Now, the thing about healing hurt is that feeling the hurt does not equal healing the hurt. Tell us more about that part. It's how you feel the hurt determines whether it goes or stays. Usually we feel the hurt as a victim of our circumstance. We feel the hurt at the effect of what's happening. Right. And when you feel the hurt as a victim of the circumstance, a person can cry hours a day for months and have no healing. But if you take the exact same hurt 
and feel it willingly like a child, deliberately, purposefully, because you choose to, because you want to reach in and grab it and pull it out, you can have a major healing in moments. Those are called breakthroughs. Yes. The two ways to feel the hurt, you can feel the hurt because you choose to, or you can feel it as a victim of the circumstances. And when you feel it as a victim, it stays. When you feel it because you choose to, you're able to release it. And I'll give you a classic example. A number of years ago, I got a phone call saying that my mother had died. And I was real close to my mom. So I had this explosion of emotion. And the worst thing I could have done would have been to suppress it. Because if I suppressed that emotion, I would have been in pain for a long, long time. But I wanted to do everything I could to get that emotion out of me. So I just let the emotion overpower me. And I fell to the floor and I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. And then there was a moment when it just released. It was gone. And I felt a wonderful freedom. And I felt better after the last tear than I did before I even got the phone call. Because I was able to release all that junk. So that's what you want to do. It's like anytime you get upset is a rich opportunity for healing. Look for opportunities to get that hurt out of you. Now, the thing that creates the most damage that parents do that creates more damage than everything else put together is that we teach our kids, don't feel your hurt. We teach them to suppress it. And when you learn to suppress it, it sets in motion all sorts of destructive processes. So as parents teach your kids, it's okay to feel your hurt. Cry, 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 get it out of you. Now, it's also important to teach kids where to feel it, when to feel it. You know, it's like, it's not appropriate to boohoo in the boardroom, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you know, go in your room and, and cry, but get it out of you. When kids learn that it's okay to feel your hurt, then they have that tool that makes a huge difference in their lives. One thing I've noticed is that there's some people who are very loving, very happy, very loving. Every one of those people are people who are willing to feel their hurt. People who are shut down are people who are unwilling to feel it. And you said the key there, people who are very loving and people that are very happy. So this is what you get when you don't shut the hurt out is you get more happiness. It's not about if I yeah. if I feel the hurt, then I, I'm going to feel more hurtful. I think sometimes people think that way, right? But really, it's actually the opposite. It's the opposite. It's exactly. the opposite right. People are yeah. actually happier when they're able to release us out. Yeah, because who we are under all the junk is pure love. Yeah. One thing that's interesting, all destructive behavior comes from suppressed hurt. You get rid of the suppressed hurt, the only thing that's left is love. And in the love, there is no destructive behavior. The more you get the hurt out of you, you return to who you are, which is that state of love. And as you radiate that love, you you radiate this positive energy and great things happen around you. It's one of the keys to life. Right. And and that's another thing, too, is that energy of hatred and anger and hurt is so heavy that yeah. people you you actually uh, people avoid you things yeah. avoid you this is i think where law of attraction even comes in is where you don't attract success you don't attract people that are good for you i mean so many things yeah the more you have that 
hurt in you, the more you become negative and you literally attract negative things. And you repel every, everybody and everything that's good. Yeah, but that's the way it works. Yep. That's the way it works. And with 50% of people divorcing, we got to start looking at ourselves and saying, what, yeah. what emotion am I suppressing that may be damaging to my partner? And then from there, if you have kids, you're, it's, it's going straight down that hill. It's going to hit your, hit your kids, right? And, and they're not yeah, going to want to be around you. Absolutely. See, life never, never, never just happens. We see life in a particular way. We interact with life in a very particular way. And then life responds accordingly. And that's why everybody's life is so different. But that's also why each person's life remains the same. <laughs> you know, the same things keep showing up over and over and over again because we keep projecting the same thing. Yeah. And the people that aren't willing to see it, they just blame the other person. It's always, oh, all the guys I've dated or all the women I've dated are bad. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, we, and as long as you blame the circumstances, you're going to be stuck. The world's against me. That's just what it is. They just don't see it. Yes. Yeah. Never noticing that it's all our creation. So when you take your focus off of the circumstances and start looking inside, that's where you start getting your power. And that's when you can actually create more love with your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's possible to create a life that is more wonderful than you even have the ability to imagine. Yeah. But it comes from creating an environment of love. And of course, one of the most important places to have that is with your family. That's where the foundation starts because these kids become adults and the adults have kids and the adults are in the workplace. And if they've got some emotion, we see all these bosses running around screaming yeah. at their employees. And you wonder where that all came from. It's all from these suppressed emotions that they are unwilling or maybe unable to let out. Yes. You look at any area of life that isn't working, anytime there's a relationship that isn't working, anytime there's an area of life that isn't working, there is a truth that we're fighting. Something is the way that it is and we're fighting it. That's what makes life stop working. The areas of your life that work great are areas where you can flow with whatever happens. The areas of life that don't work are areas where we can't flow. We can't flow because we're fighting the truth of the way our situation is. And on the surface, we're fighting why our, the way our situation is. But at a deeper level, we're not fighting the situation. We're fighting all the hurt that's being triggered. Yep. See, we fight the truth because the truth hurts. It strikes a nerve. And the more you're willing to feel you're hurt, the more you heal this nerve, then the more you're able to flow with whatever life brings you. And then that's when you become really, really effective. So let's talk about your book. Does your book help people get back this power? The book we talked about last time, the How to Heal a Painful Relationship, that's about how do you end the cycle of conflict in relationships. And then the, the book, Get Your Power Back, that talks about how do you find and heal the deeper issues that mess everything up. Every area of life that doesn't work, every self-sabotaging behavior pattern, every relationship that doesn't work, every area of life where we suffer can be traced directly to the automatic subconscious avoidance of a very specific hurt. You heal that hurt, you'd be able to flow with life, you see clearly solutions show up, and then the problem areas start clearing up. And it can happen real fast. 
So the book, Get Your Power Back, shows how to do that. Also, I have a website, masteryoflife.com, and you can go to the section on articles, and it has a number of articles and videos that talks a lot more about the hurt and, uh, you know, how to heal it. And, and it just goes over the steps for how do you create a great life. You got to know how. Yeah. And I love the title of your book, Get Your Power Back, because I think that a lot of people who want power because uh, – when you're so hurt and people and you can't attract things that you want, you end up wanting more control and more power. When the opposite is true, when you release that, you actually just attract more power. Yes, yes. I find that when I have people in my life that I deal with that are so hell-bent on control and power are the ones that have the most pain and the most hurt to release. And the happiest one, like you were saying, actually, in reality, have more power over people, over their lives, and they don't even care about it. They don't even notice it's there, and they don't realize how much influence they have. Yeah, see, as long as we think that happiness and upsets come from outside of us, we're going to have to try to force people in life to be a certain way. We're going to fight, resist, hang on, and withdraw, and we're going to think that somehow that's going to have that's going to bring us happiness and avoid upset, but it produces the exact opposite result. It destroys love and creates more suffering. It's like the more you can flow with life, the more you have peace, the more you see clearly, and the more you look in a direction where solutions, opportunity, and possibilities show up, you create love. But the opposite, you know, when you can't flow, the focus is on resisting, which then destroys love and creates opposition and resistance. Yep. One thing I found um, that has been really true in my life, I had an energy coach tell me that when something comes at you in threes, the same message, the same pictures, there's truth in that. So if three people say you're this way, listen to it because it's something about you that needs change. And I found that in so many ways in my life, whether it's an idea that comes up, if three people have said, you know what, that's a great idea, go with that. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's a message from somewhere that's higher. Yes, yes. Yeah. Another thing along that same line that's so important is to listen to your intuition. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like when you listen to your intuition, it just comes from a higher place than the ego. Yeah. And when you follow your intuition, it always leads you where you need to go. Right. And the best way to increase your intuition, which will increase your compassion on a neuroscience level, this is scientific, is meditation. Yes, yes, yes. And another thing that uh, this also, meditation, meditation is incredibly important. But the other thing that's so important is the ability to let go and flow. Yep. The more you can let go, you restore your peace, which is the same thing that meditation does. Yeah, yeah. And I encourage everyone to go get a coach, go get a therapist, talk to any one of the people that have been on my show. They're, everybody is here to help you. Uh, it's much easier when you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. I find it's great to have that outside perspective. What do you think? What do you see? What am I not seeing that you're seeing? What's another way of doing this? It's, it's incredible than trying to do it on your own. Yeah, and, and, and I do a lot of individual work with people, Yeah, uh, individual consulting. And, and, uh, and what happens very often is that, that 
I'll come across somebody who's been searching. They've been looking for the tools, which ends up having them come to me. Yeah. But it's something magical about looking. You know, you, you have that desire to heal. You have that desire to shift how you relate to life. You have the desire for things. It's the commitment and um, intention that brings it to you. You seek it, you'll find it. If you are ready to change, it will happen. Yeah, yeah. You're here for other listeners. If they want to get more information they or they just go to their website, masteryoflife.com. And I know that they'll find some answers. Uh, it's a journey. It's not going to happen all at once. We got here through all of these. It's going to be a journey, but it's a self-discovery that will bring more happiness, joy, and really success and prosperity. Yes, and it is a journey. You can make a major, major shift very, very fast. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes one big cry where you get it and it's there, like you were saying, can release so much baggage. Yeah, yeah. But you have to look in a different direction. As long as we're focusing on the circumstances, the he said, the she said, we're stuck. Or in order for me to be happy, they have to change. Yeah. In order for me to get something that I want, they have to do this. Yeah. When anytime it's someone else has to do or be or say something, that's yeah. where it's not going to happen. Yeah. Here's a, another little thing with regards to relationships. Let's say you and I have a relationship. It is never, never, never your job to make me happy. I need to get my happiness from my life and from within me and bring my happiness to the relationship. When I can bring my happiness to the relationship, the relationship will flourish. If I try to get my happiness from the relationship, I'll kill it. Yep. They say that across everything. Money doesn't make you happy. The other person doesn't make you happy. Life doesn't. You have to start with being happy first and then that comes after. Yeah. Money is just an energy, a tool for you to buy things. But if you're not happy, it's not going to create that. Yeah. It actually creates more problem. If you're not happy you in a relationship, you're going to actually create more problem in that relationship. There was an interview, one of the Beatles was saying in an interview that one of the most wonderful things that happened out of his making a whole lot of money yeah. for him to discover that money doesn't bring happiness. <laughs> yeah. he, had to get, yeah. he had to get the money and discover it didn't bring happiness. And then that's what had him start turning within. Yep, absolutely. So, well, thank you so much, Bill. Oh, my gosh. It's been such a great pleasure to have you on the show again. Well, it's great being with you and, and just thank you for having me and, and thank you for the difference that you make in, in the lives of so many people. And you too. I mean, I hope at least one, even if we get one person to make this change after yeah. listening to you talk would be a huge change because we're talking yeah. about generations of, of bondage yes. that would be broken. Yes. So, so listeners, until next time, always be learning, always be growing, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.